Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's the Garnet Trust Hour. And our guest, unfortunately, got held up by a train for a few minutes. Now, uh, we were talking about it a few minutes ago. It's going to be weird to say former Gamecock tight end, Nate Atkins. Welcome to the studio, Nate. How you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. On your home of the Gamecocks. Some of the trains, you can try to go around, and it, like you run into the same train. Like, they trick you. And, like, I pulled up, and uh, it was just now starting. Like, I heard it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, the thing just went down. There's- 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Garnet Trust Hour on 1075 The Game. Tyler West and Chris along with you. Today's special guest, Gavin Cassis from the Gamecock baseball team, fresh off of a 19 to 1 victory last night over USC Upstate at Floor Field up in Greenville. Gavin, I'll be honest with you, I was worried you guys weren't going to start, weren't going to stop scoring runs where the game would end where you could actually be in here with us today. What a, what a beatdown last night. Yeah, it was great to be a part of. Um, five RBIs for you last night. That the first, I can't remember. Was it the first ball? I thought that one was going out. It missed it. I couldn't quite tell. It was really close. Yeah, no, I think that was a that was a second hit. Second hit. Yep. I'm yeah, saying. no, it, I hit a fly ball to left field. I mean, I, I think he probably should have caught it. He jumped a little early. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm just glad it got down. And I got three RBIs out of it. So just happy about that. I mean, there's kind of a trend starting here. So we had. We had James Hicks for Garnet Trust Hour the day before. I think he made his first start. That was um, the day after. Day after. Yeah. Day after. Well, yeah, the, the day before. No, he made his first start the day before Garnet Trust Hour. Yes, right? that's correct. Yeah, and uh, pitched great. Now you had five RBIs the day before you're on here, so we we've got a trend going. 
Uh, you don't know this. Chris and I were at the game on Sunday, and uh, you almost took out his wife with your uh, opposite field home run ball. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so you uh, it, it was it came right at us. We couldn't tell. Like I really thought at first. I was like, all right, that's in the pen. I was like, no, it's, it's still rising, still coming at us. And then I was like, that's at me. And then it went a little bit to the left. And if if you go back and look on either the TV copy or the social media clip, you can see a woman diving almost <laughs> into the uh, into the bleachers. And that was my my lovely wife. You got to tell her, took her out. bring her glove next time. Yeah, she was diving yeah. away from the ball, she, not diving. If she had a glove, she wasn't going for it. Is that as far of a ball <laughs> as you've hit opposite field? Like that that thing went the Clemson game on Sunday. Into the bleachers. Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the furthest balls I've hit opposite <laughs> field. I mean, I've been, I've watched the video pretty extensively. I think I might have a slight problem with watching it, um, <laughs> but no, I was, I was pretty impressed with with that. And I think it went like almost four hundred feet. There was like three hundred ninety two feet or something. But no, it was, I, I hit it pretty well. It, it kept going, like it just, yeah, it, it kept. I don't know, that thing had some, some rise to it or something, but. Um, so how, how many times have you watched the video? Let, be honest, nobody's listened, but... I mean, if nobody's listened, probably definitely over over 50 times. So are, are you just like, man, I stroked that? Or, or is it more like you're trying to figure out, all right, what did I, how to recreate it? Or like some of both? It's a, it's a little bit of both. It's a, a little bit of admiration and also uh, what you're doing right. I kind of like yeah. to repeat success so whatever i did or whatever i felt during that at bat i try to um repeat as as best as possible we, we had this question for later but since we're talking about home runs I'm, I'm gonna just go ahead and ask so all right what what is the um the chef's kiss um celebration how how did that come about where did that come from give us some background on that man right so i think everybody Everybody in MLB and everybody around baseball has their own thing that they do, right? They either do, like, the cross or they point up to the sky or, you know, something. And I was kind of pondering on, some, or like, what, what was going to be my thing. And for me, I really enjoy cooking. And I cook for my friends sometimes. I've, I cook for my family. And, you know, I was like, you know, chef's kiss, like, I don't know. Just... That's what came to mind. I, I, I can't tell you how excited they both are knowing that you cook because that's definitely going to come up later in the conversation. Chris is making notes over there. I yeah, just saw I'm like, it. all right, what kind of, you know, writing down recipe ideas for Gavin and everything. When you, so the chef's kiss, like, do you, do you say anything with it, like, under your breath? Like, do you say, like, spicy meatball or, you know, is there anything like that? No, no, no. <laughs> Will no. you do that next time? Will, will you just... Yeah, I'll get Maybe. it. Spi- I'll, spicy meatball. Just yeah, say I'll it. say spicy meatball for sure. Okay. I'm the, counting on it now. So is that is that the thing from that, like, the chef, is it locked in? That's going to be your thing every every bomb? Yeah, no. I <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like it. Um, it gives good content, good pictures, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes great pictures, it, actually. It gives great pictures, and by the way, we're, we're not going to announce this yet. We got a little, we're going to let the people wait. This is part of good content, right? It's a teaser, radio teaser. Speaking of the chef's kiss in the picture, got a little announcement that we'll do segment two, segment three here on the Garnet Trust Hour with Gavin where you can, uh, I don't know, you can be a part of the chef's kiss experience. So that, that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know what y'all are talking about, but I'm excited to hear about that. Um, Gavin, you've been on a roll lately, man. What, um, 
What uh, you can take this question however you want. What has this experience been like so far? You transfer in, you start getting settled in, and uh, you just seem to be in a groove. How does that feel? You know, it feels really good. I mean, I've I've dealt with a lot in the past year. Um, it's definitely been a roller coaster, like a bunch of up and downs. Um, but coming to Carolina has probably been the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, it's really allowed me to flourish and become who I am today. Um, it's allowed me to grow as a person, as a player. Um, allowed me to meet new people, meet new coaches. Um, and it's it's kind of incredible. We're on a we're in a really good run right now. Um, I feel good. Body's healthy. Um, knee feels good. So. I'm just happy to be here and just happy to be a part of it. And what went into that decision to transfer from Vanderbilt to South Carolina? Um, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't really my decision. Um, I was asked to leave Vanderbilt, and you know, going into the portal, I was three weeks out of surgery. Um, I didn't really know who was going to pick me up because out of high school, I was like so narrow-minded on going to Vanderbilt that I didn't really talk to any other schools, which in my eyes, looking back at it, was a mistake. Um, so I didn't have any other contacts um, as far as, like, big Power 5 schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually DM'd Alec Boychuk on Instagram because I had played with him, like, earlier in my youth career, and we kind of kept in touch. And... I kind of reached out asking if they needed any infielders, whatever, like players. I I didn't really care what my role was going to be. I just kind of knew that I wanted to stay in the SEC and that I wanted to go somewhere warmer than Nashville because Nashville was brutally cold. And South Carolina, in my eyes, made the most sense. Um, And he kind of got me in contact with Coach King and... Uh, it kind of got the ball rolling from there. When when you mentioned that you've been able to flourish here, obviously you're, you're a talented player. Like, go back and look at some of what you did at Vandy, what you did at, at the high school level. But what do you think has kind of unlocked that? Was, like, the change of scenery that helpful, or was it coaching or just a combination of everything? I think it was a combination of everything. I mean, the change of scenery was definitely nice. It was definitely a big big jump from the structure of Vanderbilt to here at South Carolina. They get kind of, they kind of, uh, go by the saying of, uh, coach, coach, coaches fed player led, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were, they welcomed me with open arms and they kind of let me do what I need to do in order to be on the field every single day. Um, and that's kind of, been a big contributor to the success that you see today. How has this team been able to come together? Because it feels like there is this kind of, I don't know if odd is the word, like odd mix where you've got several, you know, you've got a guy like Wimmer who's been here a while, returner. You've got transfers like yourself. You've got freshmen making an impact as well. So, every you know, guys have come from different backgrounds, different spots, different ages, but y'all really do seem to have kind of clicked together. What can you attribute to that, I guess? Yeah, I mean, there we definitely have a huge mix of guys. We have dudes going on their 25th birthdays, and we also have dudes <laughs> who just had their 18th birthday. So, I mean, the age demographic is definitely pretty wide. Um, I think the coaches did a great job with us in the fall of, like, really making us work together. I mean, we had a few trips to Fort Jackson, which we had to do a bunch of, like, team stuff and, like, team-oriented things where 
I think the recruits that go there have to do in the first few days just to build a camaraderie between each other. Um, I mean, everybody, the way I see it is like we're a bunch of guys who've had past experiences that have molded us into what we are mm-hmm. today. And those experiences have ultimately contributed to who we are as people. And it kind of, it's a good mix of people. So. The, the Fort Jackson trips, um, I got to imagine maybe it's kind of fun, but also a little bit grueling, a little bit of a grind. Um, can, can you tell fans a little bit more, like some more details on what that actually entailed? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, so I'm not going to lie. I, di- I didn't participate the first few times mm-hmm. just because I, I was still coming off the knee injury and I didn't, we were, they weren't going to take any chances with it. But I mean, I was a part, I was, I was there, but I wasn't in it. Um, but it, it looked terrible. Um, <laughs> They were they were jumping through obstacles. They, had, I remember one of them. They had to like skull drag their face through the dirt and like, <laughs> like literally like worm crawl through the dirt and like, I think our strength coach cut his forehead open on a rock. But, um, no, I mean there was there was a bunch of obstacles that that were grueling, were very, very very tough to get through, and you know they got through them and they ultimately got better for it. So y'all strength coach. So Billy Anderson was he was in there doing it with y'all. Billy Anderson was in there doing it with us, Hang, hanging in there, like, hanging in there. He was, I think, I think he might have been the replacement for me because they they separated us in teams, and I think he got kind of thrown into the mix. But you know, he did it. He did it. He did it with a smile, and we were fired up. We'll continue our conversation with Gavin Cassis on the other side. You're listening to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Even better than I was the last time, baby. First pitch. There's a high drive towards left field. Don't think he got enough of it. Back to the edge of the track. Now drifting and drifting, and he didn't catch it. He jumps up. It looks like a hit off his glove. Carolina is going to have three runs, and I think it's got to be a double. I don't don't think it was uh, a, a blatant error or anything. That was Tommy Moody last night on 1320 WISW with the call of Gavin Cass's three-run RBI in last night's 19-1 win over USC Upstate up in Greenville. And uh, Gavin, going into this season, Coach Kingston talked a lot about wanting to sure up the offense and wanting to score more runs and bringing guys like you as well as several other transfers to accomplish that. Are you surprised by how many runs you guys have been scoring and how well you've been able to hit the ball so far this season? I'd be lying if I said no. Um, it's definitely been something that has been special to be a part of. Uh, we knew coming into this year that we had to make a change in the program. Um, we incorporated a lot of new pieces, a lot of new transfers. Um, I think we got older from last year, which is not something that's super common. Um, but it's it's been kind of piecing the puzzle together, and so far it's been working out. Are you, are you surprised by your own individual production? I mean, right now I'm looking at it. 
you're tied for sixth, which is a weird like it's the it's the fourth highest total in the country with eight home runs. Brock Wilkin of Wake Forest has eleven in fourteen games, but you have eight. Are you surprised by your own home run hitting production? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I put Good in answer. a lot of work and it's something that has been a long time coming. I haven't really gotten opportunities the last two years, but I know what type of player I, w- I am, and I'm just glad to get an opportunity. Take us back to high school um, and the recruiting process. I know you mentioned earlier you were kind of narrow-minded and, and set on, on going to Vandy, but just like you as a player, um, did, you, did you have a lot of like draft buzz coming right out of high school? Um, no. So I was I was super narrow minded. I wanted to go to Vandy. I didn't want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I wanted to live out my career as a Vandy boy or whatever that is. Um, but the draft was something that was there. Um, my brother went through it. He mm-hmm. was drafted in the first round. Um, but my dad he ultimately said one of my kids is going to college and. I was his only under kid, so <laughs> there was there was no draft no draft talk out of high school. Well, I, I'm I'm sure at the time you also probably thought, well, I'm doing the right thing, like I'm being loyal to Vandy, like I'm I'm focused on this. Why would I talk to other teams? Why would I um, build relationships at other places? And and like you said, I, I guess when you hit the portal, you were kind of like, all right, like what? Where am I going to go? Um, but it seems like um, fate kind of got you to a place that uh, it's worked out, man. Yeah, I mean, God works in mysterious ways, and he gives blessings where you would never think of it, and this was definitely a blessing. Um, I think the most important thing for me to take out of this or, like, for anybody to take out of this is, like, cont- maintain your relationships with the with your friends and, like, the people you know when you're younger because you never know how they're going to help you when, when you need it. What have you taken away or learned from your brother, like in going through, you know, not only the draft process, but now just him going through the minors and all that kind of stuff? You know, I've, I've learned a lot. Um, I, from what he's told me and from what I've seen, the minor leagues is a grind. I mean, it's it doesn't get fun until you make it to the major leagues. So, um, I mean, baseball is a game. Uh, you got to take it one game at a time. There's a lot of games. I think in the minor league season, you play 140. Major league season, you play 162. So there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be a lot of, um, it's going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be highs and lows, but it's it's important to maintain those as as little as possible and kind of stay level-headed throughout, throughout the whole process. You mentioned that you like to cook. All right, your brother does too, from what I've read. Who's the better cook? I'd, I'd probably say I'm the better cook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you read this story? So there's this really cool story in the Boston Globe about him. He says he has a snack before every at-bat. Do you do that too? No, I, I actually, like, I do not eat during games. I don't know why. Like, it's just, I think I play better hungry. He says he gets some healthy fruit snacks or a banana. Before the, every A-B? Before every A-B, that's what he says. Is that true? <laughs> I did not know that. That's what he says in the story. Cool story on Boston. This is a recent story from this month. Um, and then they even go to the grocery store with him and do some shopping with him. And then he goes and cooks. There's some pit. Look, here he is. Picture of him cooking up some stuff. No, that's crazy. I've never seen that article. <laughs> but no, I know he cooks. He cooks a lot of like, uh, I'd probably like healthier things and like 
he's more of a make a huge salad and like eat it kind of guy. But uh-huh. I think I'm more like the grill type. She's oh. a grill master. Yeah. Is that true? Well, given the fact he's hitting eight home runs this season, <laughs> I think staying hungry is working for him. <laughs> this is a good strategy. So what's your what's your go to on the grill? You steak guy, burgers. Anything, pretty much. Any um, meat. Yeah, I'd probably say the specialty steak, like a nice nice ribeye. That that'll go well. I'm hungry. Ten thirty. Are you um are you a pretty healthy eater type or are you just not really? No, no, I have to be. So I think my brother and I both grew up pretty heavy set. Um, in eighth grade, I think I was. I want to say I was like five nine, probably two twenty, which is like a walking bowling ball. But um, I had to. No, that was that was senior year. Okay. No, yeah, that was that was. We're, we're pulling up old pictures. <laughs> no, I have some pictures, but um, <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, There's a young Gavin right yeah, there. That was, oh wow, that was like that's my like, freshman year. So my eighth grade of freshman year, I actually went on this like crazy diet which probably wasn't really good for me and i lost 40 pounds in three months just because that was like around the time that my brother had committed to miami Mm -hmm. and i was like nowhere even close to like (laughs) even being seen by college college coaches and i think growing up you always get told about like the eye test and that college coaches you need to you like pass the eye test and I definitely wasn't passing the eye test, so there was some changes that needed to be made. Um, but yeah, what what did that diet look like? It was uh, like probably like eight ounces of chicken a day and like romaine lettuce, and that was it. It was terrible. I was about to say that does not sound it was, fun it was at terrible. all. Any, any no dressing, like no dressing. It just was, lettuce. Okay. Yeah, it was like chicken Caesar salads with no dressing. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was awful. Now, were you were you still at that point? Like, were you still pretty good at baseball? You just needed a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a body makeover. <laughs> I mean, the talent's always been there. The hand, yeah. the bat to ball skills has always been there. Um, but yeah, there was there was definitely a point where, you know, I the the field got bigger and I did too, so I wasn't moving very well. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, no, uh, like I said, changes needed to be made, so they were necessary, and I made them, and I'm glad I did. It probably wasn't, like, the healthiest way, but it was, like, the only way that, you know, a 14-year-old at the time could, like, conceptualize, like, okay, I need to lose weight, so, and I need to lose weight quick. Losing 40 pounds, how much did that help you with your speed? Um, so... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It definitely helped me a little bit. I felt like a baby deer almost <laughs> just because I had lost the weight and grew. So I think in that time span, I went from like 5'9", 220 to like 6'1", 168 or around there. Um, yeah, but it was like I had like a whole new body. So it was it was weird. Well, and and now you're listed at 6'4", 230. First of all, is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. You, sometimes they'll fudge it a little up or, up or down. So at what point were you like, all right, now, so you, you go to 6-1-168 early in high school. When did you kind of settle into where you're like, not a baby deer anymore? Right. Okay. Um, so I'll just tell you the progression. The progression for me was I was like 6-1-1. One, one, I think freshman year, like walking in on campus, I think I was like 6-1, like 175. And then by the end of my freshman year, I had gone with, uh, well, I had been lifting like my whole life pretty much since I was like probably like 10 years old. Um, but my freshman year of high school was probably the biggest jump just cause we're, I worked out with, uh, Mike Smith, who is now the head coach of American heritage down in plantation. Um, but he was a huge factor in that. And I think I gained that year almost. So I was 175 and I, I think I ended the year at like 200 or 220 or something like that. So I think it was like 30 pounds, 40 pounds, something like that. Um, but that was that year, and then I kind of stayed at 225 throughout my whole high school career. And then I grew a little bit when I got to Vandy. I think I was like 6'3", six, six, um, six, 225 to 220. I think I lost a little bit of weight over there just because it's like boot camp. But um, coming to Carolina, I walked in at 6'4", 240. And I lost 10 pounds over the fall and, like, yeah. Yeah, coming into spring, I was 230. We'll come back on the other side with more of our conversation with Gavin Cassis on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. What we're talking about on 107.5 The Game. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. Back in on the Garnet Trust Hour, Tyler West and Chris along with you, special guest today. From the Gamecocks baseball team, Gavin Cassis. And we were talking about this before the break. You know, you're back in eighth grade, not, not really getting a lot of attention. You described yourself as a bowling ball. You get to high school, start to shoot up a little bit, lose a little bit of weight. A- at what point in your high school career did you finally realize, like, hey, I'm pretty good at this baseball thing. I might have the opportunity to play at the next level. I always felt like I was pretty good at it, and I always knew that I had the opportunity to play at the next level. Um, it was just a matter of the work that I put in and the results that came out on the field. Um, but having an older brother and seeing his successes and seeing his process and knowing that I was doing the same things that he was doing, was it was just a matter of time for it to click. And American Heritage, where you went to high school, is that a program that consistently puts people in college baseball, getting drafted in the MLB, was it a good program to be at for that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. It, it's consistently been, I don't know, I think it's, no, it's consistently been one of the top programs in the state. Um, we have guys like Eric Hosmer, Devin Marrero, um, obviously my brother, uh, Mark Vientos, Zach Collins. Um, those are just a few guys that went there, but... I mean, there's definitely a bunch of guys who have gone to the next level. I think my senior year we had 15 D1 commits, so it was a pretty good place to be. Exciting announcement that we teased earlier. Uh, Garnet Trust has released its very first trading card called Garnet Trust Moments, and Gavin, congrats, you were featured on them. Pretty cool, huh? Um, So if you want to go check those out, you can go to GarnetTrust.com and click on Shop. GarnetTrust.com. Click on shop. And it's right there on the front page. 
introducing the Garnet Trust Moments card. It's a trading card featuring the moments we never want to forget and the student athletes that make it all possible. And there's some really cool ones on here. So it features a photo taken by Caroline Berry um, of the infamous now chef's kiss, Gavin Cassis, after your two home run day in the Clemson game. Of course, Gamecocks winning that game 7-1. to one. You can go get everything from a base card, which is just nine ninety nine, or you can go up a few levels, and there's even a limited edition autograph, just a one of ten. So pretty rare card, and Gavin's going to autograph some of them, and you can order those right now through Garnet Trust. Again, that's store.garnettrust.com, or you can go to garnettrust.com and click on shop and check those out. So pretty cool. Have you have you had your own? Did you have any of like the the perfect game trading cards or anything like that in the past? Yeah, no, I had the perfect game trading cards, but this this definitely blows that out of the water. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have the chef's kiss back then, for one thing. Have, have you no. seen the picture that's on it? Like that's no, that's picture. that's legit. Pretty sweet. We got. I mean, you said this is Caroline Barry that took this. Caroline Barry took that photo. Um, that is a great photo of the chef's kiss. Like that is professional and. Um, some of them have the signature. So we were watching Gavin sign some shirts earlier. He's uh, he signs righty and lefty. Um, how how did how did that come? And why why do lefties uh, do things so weird? <laughs> like he, he, he so Gavin, what do you hit? You hit lefty. You throw righty. You write left, but then you write sometimes right. You sign your name righty. You do the number lefty. Um, you eat righty. <laughs> how? How? Why? How? Um, you know we're we're the the Southpaws are definitely a elite group of people, <laughs> but um, no, I grew up writing left handed, and my dad kind of instilled in me that I needed to have a signature at a very young age. So he would give me a blank piece of paper and give me a pen and tell me to come up with a signature and do it a hundred times. So that was kind of my free time activity when I was younger. Um, but as I got older, it, it, I found it easier to sign baseballs with my right hand just because mm-hmm. if you do it lefty, you kind of like smear, smear it and it just comes out not good. <laughs> so um, kind of learned how to do it righty, but haven't really gotten the numbers down just because it's like, Way you have to be way more precise, so I just right. kind of switch over to the left side and just knock out the numbers. And, and you were telling us uh, before we came on air, you did try the switch hitter thing at at one point. Is that right? Did try the switch hitter thing. I think I was probably eight or nine. My brother and I both did it, and my hitting coach saw that one side was deteriorating while the other side was not that much better. So he told us to pick one side, and um, my dad ultimately picked left-handed just because I think he liked the look of the left-handed stroke better and there's more right-handed pitchers so the matchups were better how how much respect do you have for the guys that um can do both and then do it at like the major league like I, I know it's it seems like it's few and far between that can really truly do it on both sides at a high level uh you know I watch the Braves a lot Ozzy Albies is great uh, watching Chipper Jones grow up but um I gotta imagine keeping your swing, like, in-tuned from both sides is uh, an insane skill to have. No, it's definitely insane. Um, I struggle to keep 
one swing right. I just can't even imagine trying to do two at the same time. But um, for the people that switch it out there, kudos to you because I couldn't do it. Um, we have, we have, I think. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two guys on our team, Will Tippett and Xander Buchan, that do it on our team. And they're in the cage nonstop. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are probably the hardest working hitters that we have they're always in the cage they're always working um i think an interesting thing that you said about chipper jones um i don't know if this is true or not but uh according to our coach he said that chipper jones only felt good on both sides for like two weeks out of the season so for switch hitters it's it's not it's not a easy life just because you're always searching for it, but yeah, um, they make it work and they're they're special people. I do feel like a a sweet left-handed swing is prettier. Maybe that's just my opinion, my biased opinion as well. Yeah, I, I, I love a good lefty swing. There's just something about it. It just it just looks better. How do you decide? So I understand how you came to the decision. You and your dad came to the decision to go, you know, primarily lefty, but like with the other stuff, riding kicking a ball left-footed, whatever. Like, how do you decide? Because like me, so I'm full out right-handed, except for one thing. It's a weird one. I shoot basketball left-handed. I don't know why. Yeah, Wes didn't know that. I did not. I I don't know why. It just felt more comfortable. Like, do you just kind of try it out, and you're like, this one's a little bit better? Yeah, so um, I'll go to the writing portion. The writing portion, I I think I was younger, and I just picked it up with my left hand and started writing, and I think my dad, like, forced it in my right hand, and I was just so stubborn that I just kept kept (laughs) using my left hand. Um, But I think, you know, they gave me a lot of freeway or leeway with what I could and couldn't do, so they kind of let me free reign on it. And I didn't think about that. So, like, my my youngest daughter is left-handed, like, big, does everything left-handed, and, I mean, Y'all have to do some things that I don't really think about. Like, if I like if I was sitting, I'm sitting right next to you, but if we were, like, right beside each other, we'd, like, be bumping into each other if we were trying to write. Like, I just didn't think about that stuff. No, and yeah. also, like, in classrooms, the, the desks, they're yep. pri- primarily right-handed desks, yeah. so they have, like, this arm thing that is for righties, <laughs> and, like, the lefties are just so left out. But <laughs> they always have, like, two or three of them that are left-handed, and I make sure to, like, get to class early and, like, okay, like, that's my desk. Also, with writing left-handed, you get either, depending on what you're writing with, like the ink smear or like the graphite smear oh, yeah. from pencils on your hands too, right? No, in elementary school when we used, when we used to write, because now everything's on iPads and like computers, but um, back in the day when, when we used to write, um, I used to walk out of school with this whole left hand like full of graphite, and it's just like, it looks like I'm dirty, but I'm really not. We got some uh, questions from the Insiders Forum on GamecockCentral.com. Or Gavin, do you want to hit those after yeah. a break real quick? Yeah, we'll go ahead and hit a break, come back on the other side and uh, answer those as we wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour with special guest Gavin Casas here on 107.5 The Game. 
Broadcasting live from the Herndon Chevrolet Studios, this is 1075 The Game. Discover Herndon Certified. Herndon Chevrolet's premier used car warranty. Shop with complete confidence knowing Herndon Chevrolet has got you covered. Stop by or shop online today and see why Herndon Chevrolet makes you smile. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. And back in on the Garnet Trust Hour here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Wes and Chris, special guest today, Gavin Cass is from the Gamecock baseball team. And Chris said we have some questions coming in from our listeners. All right, Gavin, more fun to, this one's from Ryan Patterson on GamecockCentral.com. More fun to hit in Founders Park or on the road? Founders Park doesn't compare to anywhere else. It's it's the best place to hit. It has the best batter's eye, the best fans, the best environment, everything. Just it's it's honestly the best place to hit. Ryan has no idea how timely his question was because we were just talking about yeah. that. Um, Gavin, you said that that even maybe played a little bit into your decision to come here, just like in hitting there. No, absolutely. So I think last year we came here on the road and we lost a series here. But um, hitting BP here, I was like, dude, this place is a dream as a hitter. Um, I think it's pretty short porch all around. I think it's pretty, it's not too short, but like it's it's short enough. And I think I put a few balls in the street. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. So. Do, do you have a least favorite in the SEC from what you've seen? So I didn't, I didn't play a lot. Um, so I don't really have that experience, but... Um, no, I don't really have a least favorite. So the the beautiful thing about Founders, too, is you have that street back there. That's got to be just like a great feeling just to see a ball leave the park, <laughs> you know, and hit. So what is, um, and I know we have a bunch of hardcore baseball fans that listen to the show uh, so they can picture it. What is the farthest, like, game, BP, practice, what, you know, whenever, where where did the farthest one that you've hit over there land? Yeah, so I think it was at a in a like a fall inner squad. It was, I think it was my first home run, and it went like four fifty, <laughs> and I'm not really sure where it went. <laughs> it went on the street, close to that Image Inc. Yes, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, somewhere over there. It felt good. That felt good. <laughs> Really What's the farthest you've ever hit a ball in general? Is that kind of hard to? You probably, I mean, you probably didn't have a tracker on. Yeah, it it's kind of hard. I mean, there's there's some in BP that go and like some off the machine, but yeah. um, I think TrackMan that was probably like the furthest or one of the furthest for sure. That's pretty far. Another question on Gamecock Central's Insiders Forum. Several more actually. Um, Austin G twenty seven. How satisfying is it to have success for a team? you've mentioned took a chance on you um, when maybe other places did not. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, it's it's honestly a really good feeling because, you know, I know it was a big, 
it was a big sacrifice for them just to take the chance and like give up that that roster spot. Um, I don't take I don't really take anything for granted. Um, I'm I'm happy to be a Gamecock. It's probably been one of the best things that's ever happened to me, and it's just a blessing to be here today. I actually am going to contribute my own question in the middle of this segment. So, when, when you're when you're playing first, um, do you talk to guy opposing hitters when they come up if they walk or if they get on base? No, I recently I recently have I've always I've always done it, but I think I've made it a point now, just because it it kind of loosens me up a little bit and it kind of introduces me to new people. And I kind of did it during the Clemson series, and I don't ever like. I'm not like a trash talker, really. Like I'm, I'm a pretty reserved guy, and I think it caught him kind of off guard when I was just like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Like, how's it going?" But um, no, I, it kind of it kind of loosens me up and kind of takes my head away from anything bad that's going on in there. So, so you just keep is that kind of what you keep it at? Just like, what's going on? I'm Gavin. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? Where are you from? Like. Uh, what year are you? Stuff like that. Like, you complimenting them on the hit they just got at all? Ever? I have a pitching staff that I have to protect, <laughs> so I plead the fifth. You, you like, need to just start like maybe mixing in a little bit of just just something to get them think. Like, what did he just say? Like, just come up to like the most random things you can think of. Maybe yeah. get them off their game a little bit. What you need is just like have a list of like ten different random movie quotes. So when they get there, just say those completely out of context. That'll throw them off. Yeah, probably, right? I feel like uh, I was telling Wes earlier that if I, in my alternate reality of MLB player world, I would, uh, I'd would i like to get on base so I could talk to Freddie Freeman. He, seemed, he just seems so pleasant on first. Yeah, I mean, Canadians are, like, notorious for being nice, right? <laughs> Do you have a favorite player in the league other than your brother? You have to um, say your brother, I feel like, but other than him. No, not my brother. No, <laughs> Is he your I, least favorite player? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, somebody I've always looked to is uh, Joey Votto, yeah. which is a, another Canadian, uh, mm. coincidentally. But um, no, I mean, I, I, he's won a few gold gloves. I like the way he hits. I think he's won a few batting titles. He takes his walks. Uh, he's hit for some power. He definitely has some interesting um, takes on hitting and... Some interesting approaches, and I think it's really interesting to watch, and you can definitely learn a lot from it. What, was it him that like had never fouled out for? Yeah, the it was like, time? like he. It was like the record for uh, not popping out in the infield or something like that, which is <laughs> insane. But I when I when I saw that because he finally did right, he finally did. But when I saw that, I was like, "There's no way this is real." Yeah, there's no end, but it it was obviously. Um, hey, what what do you think of the shift going away in Major League Baseball as a lefty? All for it. <laughs> All for it. No, I mean, um, it's interesting to see how guys like Joy Gallo and stuff are going to do, especially with now, I think, I think they shifted him anyway because they took the left fielder out and they just put him like where the second baseman would normally be. But um, hitting's an art, and I feel like, I feel like we should be able to manipulate the ball in some ways in order to, you know, steer the ball that way. But, you know, it's not always that easy. And I feel like it's going to make the game a lot more offensive-oriented and give those lefties with that little hook a little mm-hmm. a little more average. Speaking of rule changes off of that, 
you've been in college baseball in the era of the pitch clock. Now they're implementing it in the MLB. What is your opinion on it? I hate it. You hate it? Yeah, no, I I like to take my time in the box, and it is really frustrating when you're trying to have a clear head and you're trying to get in the box, and you look up and the pitcher's already in his wind up, and you're just like, like, what? Like, you expect me to hit now? And umpires are like brutal back there, so they won't, they don't even allow you to call time. Mm-hmm. So you got to like fake that you have like something in your eye or something. <laughs> and even when you do that, the pitcher's still on the rubber, like ready to go. And there's no like, they don't know how to kind of control the pace of play. They kind of just let it free reign and like, whenever the pitcher's ready, the pitcher's ready and like he's going to go whenever he's going to go. So. It's it's definitely something that has affected the game, and I'm not a huge fan of it, but it's something that you have to adjust to. And if he's working fast, I have to work faster. And that's kind of how I think about it. If I want more time, I have to work faster. So um, you you live and you learn, and you try to do better the next time. I think we have time for one more question. Yeah, uh, Cock Attorney 2 wanted to know, how's your hamstring? Hamstring's good. So yeah. yesterday... Yesterday, uh, I kind of kind of felt it a little bit, and I think I just got more scared than anything, so I kind of backed off it pretty hard. Um, and based on the the situation of the game, the score of the game, we felt like it was smart to, to you know uh, call it call it early and uh, give some other people opportunities. That'll do it for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Gavin, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck to you and your team uh, through the rest of the season. We hope you continue to hit as many home runs as you've hit through these first 14 games. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 